Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue, and we're coming to you from the campus of Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Gendered Migrations, Bodies, and Borders is the theme of MTSU's 13th Biennial Interdisciplinary Conference in Women's and Gender Studies, which is slated for Thursday, March 28th through Saturday, March 30th. The gathering will bring together scholars from around the world to present papers, and there will be films, panel discussions, and special speakers. Dr. Roberta Chevret, program co-chair and assistant professor of communication studies, is our guest. We'll delve into topics of international import after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. Eight teams, four middle schools, and four high schools have received invitations to compete in the State Science Olympiad in April after strong showings at the recent 24th Regional Science Olympiad held at MTSU on February 23rd. The four top finishers in the high school division were Franklin High, Father Ryan of Nashville, Murfreesboro's Central Magnet, and Stewart's Creek in Smyrna. For the middle school division, the top four finishers were Davidson County Home School in Nashville, St. Rose of Lima in Murfreesboro, Smyrna Middle, and the Dayspring Academy in Greenbrier, Tennessee. More than 400 students competed in the regional tournament at MTSU. Several middle school and high schools fielded more than one team. And 30 regional and national concrete and construction companies were invited to the Speed Interview Day arranged by the School of Concrete and Construction Management in the Tennessee Room of the James Union Building on February 27th. The School of Concrete and Construction Management conducts speed interviewing days so students can meet with potential employers, sharing their resumes and, in some cases, their hobbies and off-campus interests with companies. In the speed interviews, a bell rings. The student meets with the company representative for six minutes. The bell rings again, and the student moves to a different company's table for a new interview process. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Roberta, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. What does the theme of gendered migrations, bodies, and borders encompass? The ways that people have historically and contemporarily migrated all over the globe um, for work or travel or to move to different places, then that's been ongoing. Um, and the way that gender plays a role in issues of migration, as well as the way we can also think of borders um, in terms of gendered bodies that uh, inhabit different spaces or different identities that aren't traditionally so divided as we think they are. So the theme has a lot of room to both delve specifically into topics of border issues and migration, as well as to look more broadly at issues of women and gender. So it's both literal and metaphorical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There seems to be a particular emphasis on migration and immigration in the conference events. Uh, what was uh, the planning thinking in that regard? What went into uh, the idea of focusing on that? Was it uh, current events, current governmental policy? I would say certainly we were impacted by the current climate um, with heightened discussions of borders and migration, um, the literal uh, borders in this case in the media. Um, but the conference 
the, the conference is a biennial conference, and uh, it's always been focused on kind of well, creating global change is the name of the conference. And so it's been international in scope. And uh, yeah, so we wanted to do something that was both contemporary, but also that spoke to kinds of broader issues of nation, nationalism, transnationalism. We in the United States get so wrapped up in our own issues, we sometimes forget that uh, Immigration and uh, refugees are issues that the European Union countries are dealing with and have been dealing with for quite some time. And uh, the kind of feelings that it has sparked in those countries, sometimes nationalistic feelings, sometimes racist feelings, sometimes sexist feelings. And this is a, a very complicated transition that a lot of nations are going through right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we see all over the world the kinds of rise in nationalism and kind of race-based movements, um, such as even here in Murfreesboro last year when we had the planned visit from the white nationalists to come to our town. And so we have these groups that are uh, trying to uh, keep things the way that they were in some sort of mythical (laughs) existence, I think, because, um, like I said, we've always had this kind of migration of peoples and globalization and um, intersections of cultures. But I think you're absolutely right that the political climate around these issues today is very tense and that it's not just in the U.S. So in the U.S., when we talk about borders, we tend to think about the U.S.-Mexico border. Nobody's really thinking about the Canada border when they talk about border issues in the U.S. And yet, as you mentioned, there's so much more because there are refugees. And we also have a featured panel um, during the conference on Friday afternoon that talks about indigenous cultures in the U.S. and beyond as they relate to borders as well. And when it comes to the metaphorical definition of borders, I assume that that would be of particular importance, but not importance only to this group, to the LGBTQ community, which is partly uh, focused on not wanting to have mental or physical limits on the concept of gender and who and what human beings can be because we each of us is who we are. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really uh, relevant for our students. I think we have a lot of student groups that are involved in supporting the conference and helping um, volunteer and table. Uh, Generation Action is one of the student groups that has been involved. And um, these are issues that we also take up not just in the featured events that focus on the conference theme, but we also have a student pre-conference preceding the conference. And we have MTSU students and students who are coming in from other places who are presenting on all sorts of issues related to women's and gender studies. And so we have some LGBTQ uh, themed panels. We have a panel on religion. 
we have a panel on media, um, so all sorts of different approaches as well. There are students and grad students who are coming in from other universities and other states and internationally even, and so some of our students have been put on panels that they maybe created out of a class, but uh, a lot of the panels are mixed with other scholars, and as they attend the conference, they'll have this opportunity to, I think, interact in a way that stretches them academically and, of course, is great professional experience in terms of building one's confidence to present and share your work with somebody else. And networking as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll take a break here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record. The Intercultural and Diversity Affairs Center helps to promote awareness and understanding of the wide variety of cultures represented at MTSU. The center provides information, referrals, and resources. Additionally, IDAC tries to make students from different cultures feel welcome and comfortable on campus so they can have every opportunity to fulfill their academic, social, and personal potential. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Army ROTC College Program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU. Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking about the 13th Biennial Interdisciplinary Conference in Women's and Gender Studies with co-chair Dr. Roberta Chevrette, who is an assistant professor of communication studies. The conference will take place uh, March 28th through March 30th. Tell us about uh, your keynote speaker, Daisy Hernandez. Yeah, uh, Daisy Hernandez, we're really excited to have her as our keynote speaker. And she has written, uh, most recently, the award-winning memoir, A Cup of Water Under My Bed. Uh, She's a creative writer and a professor um, of creative writing at Miami University in Ohio. Um, But She'll be coming to speak uh, to the conference theme. Her keynote event is titled Intimate Resistance, Migration, Memoir, and Queer Latinidad. And uh, I think having read her work many years ago as an undergraduate myself, uh, it's kind of exciting to you know, however many years later, have this opportunity to have her come out and present not only the keynote, but she will also be doing a lunchtime talk with students, again, giving that kind of networking opportunity, like you mentioned. And then the topics that she covers, I think, are really exciting and interesting to a lot of different fields at MTSU and her creative writing experience. Um, She's been a reporter for uh, Uh, The Atlantic, New York Times, Slate. um, She's written articles in all of those magazines and NPR, all things considered. So she brings a lot of experience and uh, very fun kind of creative uh, vibe to her work. She's so accomplished to be so young. That's what struck me about her. (laughs) 
The film Birth on the Border is part of the conference as well. The Secretary of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, was testifying before a congressional committee uh, and uh, asserted, clarified, that parents who cross the southern border are being deported from the U.S. without their children as a part of the immigration policy. This makes the film Birth on the Border even more compelling because, as I understand it, this is about women who are trying to get across the southern border into the U.S. in order to give birth. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the film Birth on the Border, it is a, it's a short documentary that explores legal border crossing uh, from Mexico into the U.S. for the purpose of childbirth. Um, because if you think about women who are trying to get across the border to get access to uh, good health care systems, um, or who live in those border regions. Uh, I haven't seen the film yet myself, but one of our conference committee planners um, works in this area, and she uh, reached out to these filmmakers as well as another short documentary that will also feature called Birth in Pieces. What's really important is to put a human face on experiences because so much of our understanding or rhetoric about borders and border crossing focuses on uh, criminals and drugs when really, uh, as we know, and as we saw with uh, recent government action, um, a lot of families and parents are also crossing the border. In the past uh, the feminist movement has been accused of being too white and upper class, but this conference, like prior women's and gender studies conferences here, and I've been here for 17 years, so I can say this, is focused on being inclusive and shining a light on women who otherwise get little attention in our society. Talk a little bit about, about that. Yeah, uh, so I think really the conference reflects the prevailing approach within women's and gender studies in 2019 and within uh, our current state of feminism, which is that of intersectional feminism. Um, we can no longer, if we ever could, and, and I'll go ahead and say we can't, um, right. you know, pretend that gender is only uh, relevant for white middle class people. Mm -hmm. um, and so in the broadening of the feminist movement and the broadening of the field of women's and gender studies, what we're really doing is attending more thoroughly to something that has always been true all along, which is that um, women of all races, of all sexualities, and men of different races and sexualities um, have long been involved in and kind of shaping our society and the kinds of civil rights movements that we've had. One of the reasons it's so important to, I think, think intersectionally in feminism and feminist action is that for white women who historically were involved in the movement, uh, they did not always think inclusively. Yeah, this is not uh, what Phil Donahue used to call the Brie and Chablis crowd, talking about it at cocktail parties in the abstract. This is where the rubber meets the road. 
for a lot of women, poor women, working women. And uh, with regard to one panel discussion you have scheduled for Friday, uh, indigenous women, uh, you'll be talking about women tribal leaders in the Brazilian Amazon, which is, is, is fascinating because we don't think of uh, tribes of indigenous people being led by women. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that will be a very interesting presentation as part of that panel um, that comes from work that Paul Chilson, a professor in media here at MTSU, uh, work that he's been doing with an interdisciplinary team. And so uh, this is one of the things that makes that work very unique is that uh, the tribes are led by women and women who have really been very active in resistance movements. Uh, so that will be a part of that panel. I think that panel is going to be really exciting in terms of, again, keeping in mind the ways that borders aren't just um, the formal edges of nations or only the U.S.-Mexico border or, you know, these lines in the sand. Borders have also been constructed around indigenous peoples, so they form uh, nations within, and yet they're often thought of as a racial group. We'll take a break here. We'll be back. This is MTSU on the Record. Expanding Your Horizons is an annual hands-on science and math conference at MTSU for middle and high school girls. EYH enables girls to investigate careers in science and math and to talk with female leaders in those fields that are so essential to our nation's future. EYH also provides the girls with fun hands-on activities and allows them to meet girls with similar interests. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, EYH Director. For more information, visit mtsunews.com. The Experiential Learning Scholars Program at MTSU gives students a chance to go outside the classroom and obtain hands-on experience in their chosen fields of study. They'll have the opportunity to give something back to the community through service learning as they gain acceptance for graduate study. Students should be able to select EXL-designated courses from major requirements and general studies requirements to complete the 16 to 18 hours of EXL coursework. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Gendered Migrations, Bodies, and Borders, the theme of the Interdisciplinary Conference in Women's and Gender Studies, March 28th through the 30th. Our guest is co-chair Dr. Roberta Chevret, who is an assistant professor of communication studies. Let's talk about the, the whole concept of borders in terms of the borders we as human beings wrap around the other, whoever mm -hmm. the other might be. In this case, the other might be women. We've heard it all our lives. Women can't do this. Women can't do that. We've just elected people to Congress, uh, particularly in the House of Representatives, that is a more diverse group and with more women in the freshman class than at any time in our history. Does this mean we're making progress in breaking some of those borders that said to women, you can't? I think... Absolutely. I mean, I think we have to embrace the fact that having more diverse representation and having more rights than women had, you know, just 50 years ago certainly um, is progress. I don't think it's the 
end of the road. Uh, although sometimes professors will say th- that the goal of women's studies is to become obsolete, <laughs> <laughs> that it would be something that is no longer needed because we've just arrived, you know, in some kind of diverse space. But now, I think some people want to say the same thing about African American <laughs> studies, but we all know that there is a lot more work to be done in that arena as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a similar danger in considering ourselves to be in a, you know, post-race kind of world as there is in imagining ourselves to be in a post-feminist world. And there was a very interesting rhetorical analysis. Um, I'm in the field of communication studies here, mm-hmm. and that's my area, is rhetoric. And there was an analysis that was done on the political campaigns of the women who were successfully elected. And as you mentioned, unprecedented, a record amount of women who made it into the House, uh, including the first Native American women, the first Muslim woman. And what was found in this rhetorical analysis is that their campaigns mostly didn't mention gender or women's rights. And that tells us something, that if to be elected, you have to uh, kind of put your gender in the background, that tells us that there isn't really a a full place for dialogue yet on those issues, that we're instead um, performing according to these sorts of masculine norms of government where the unmarked political subject is male. One of the great things about academic conferences such as this one is that scholars from all over the world come in and present their work, their research, their perspectives on areas that previously have not gotten a great deal of attention even within the hallowed halls of academia, but certainly have not gotten a great deal of attention by the mass media. Talk about how scholars, feminist scholars, delve into areas of scholarship that have been underexplored or underrepresented, especially with regard to uh, women's and gender studies. Yeah. um, Well, as a professor of women's and gender studies here, as well as communication, um, I can say that in the classroom is oftentimes students' first encounter with some of the materials that we're discussing. Uh, Of course, there is a more, there's more media discussion of things like gender, of things like gay and lesbian sexualities, and there's more representation than there was uh, when I was in the undergraduate classroom, uh, not all that many years ago. Mm -hmm. But, you know, things have significantly changed, and so students sometimes come in more fluent with the idea of gender not being completely fixed or, you know, of being more embracing of different kinds of sexualities. Or not determined solely by biology. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But beyond that kind of knowledge, a lot of their assumptions about gender um, still come through those kinds of traditional social forms of learning from our families, from religions, from uh, other institutional structures. And what that does is that they're 
people still kind of grow up with an idea that sex and gender are aligned. Even as we have an awareness that they aren't, there's a lot of uh, unspoken kinds of assumptions. And so students will find themselves kind of facing contradictory beliefs, even in the way that they think, uh, as they really start to dive deeper into it. Feminist scholarship in particular, what it brings to these, as you mentioned, kind of areas that have been understudied is a focus on uh, on the body and on people's embodied experiences. So in many ways, the political gains that have been made, the shifts in media that have occurred over the years, these have all been directly tied uh, to the activism um, of people in the feminist movement or in other kind of social justice movements. And uh one of the things feminist studies focuses on specifically that I think connects with students is exploring how uh, our own knowledges are embodied and connecting to the things that we're learning as not just some sort of abstract, uh, you know, equation that we might learn to understand, but as these kind of lived experiences. That's something, though, that can be hard again for students to do mm-hmm. is to kind of connect and interrogate. So, okay, what are the kinds of borders and experiences that I face in my own life as a gendered human being? And how do those connect with people's experiences elsewhere? How do those connect with the construction of the nation as a thing? Um, and how do they kind of impact or result from kinds of global tensions. Uh, I recall as a women's and gender studies undergraduate student that I was absolutely fascinated to learn about how political relationships um, and conflicts between different countries shaped um, gender conflicts in those same places. So the conference program is on the MTSU Women's and Gender Studies website, and we've got all of the highlights there and the full uh, program as well. So if you go to mtsu.edu, go up to the A to Z index, and then go to W, find Women's and Gender Studies, and that'll take you right to it. Yes. Dr. Roberta Chevret, thank you for being our guest. Once again, the Interdisciplinary Conference in Women's and Gender Studies, March 28th through 30th here at MTSU. Thank you, Roberta. Thank you. We'll be right back. Tennessee's farm families contribute to our state's economy, nutrition, and culture. The Tennessee Century Farms Program at MTSU's Center for Historic Preservation acknowledges farms that have been in the same family at least 100 years. To date, the program has certified more than 1,500 farms, There's no cost to nominate a farm or be part of the program. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The American Democracy Project is a nonprofit initiative which strives for greater voter registration and civic participation among young people at MTSU and at campuses nationwide. Through encouragement from professors and peers, young adults are shown the value of being more active citizens in their community, their state, and their nation. ADP seeks to nurture programs that raise the campus community's level of engagement with society. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Jimmy Hart has the middle moment. 
Longtime MTSU finance professor Frank Macello was humbled to receive this year's John Plez Faculty Recognition Award. Presented each year during MTSU's Black History Month celebration, the award honors an accomplished minority faculty member. Here's Macello at the award ceremony. MTSU has been good to me by providing me the means and the opportunity to develop my academic and professional career and to be the best that I can be. One of my guiding principles in life is to live by the bottom rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And treat others as you would like them to treat you. Living by and practicing this principle has served me well with my family, with my friends, my colleagues, and even with the total strangers. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.